What would it be like for you to know that you could make any woman squirt? How would this change your sex life and really your life overall? Now, when you think about the possibility of this, it might seem unlikely, but in this episode, we are going to cover exactly how making any woman squirt is 100% something you can do and what will happen when you can. Welcome back to The Naked Connection. This is the show that supports driven men to build deeper connections and have better communication and sex. How's it going, you guys? It's me, Kirsten, and I am on a mission to create a world where everyone is having epic sex and experiencing deep connections. We are getting really wet and wild today. In this episode, we are going to cover how to help your partner squirt during sex. And yes, in today's episode, we are talking all about squirting and how you can incorporate this into your next intimate experience. Now, if you have been curious about this, maybe you've been wondering how you can make your lover squirt, or maybe you're even questioning, what exactly is this? Is she peeing on me? You are not alone in these questions. This is really actually a highly brought up topic in sex. And Perhaps we can thank porn for this. Perhaps we can thank tantric studies or who knows, maybe some global climate change is just bringing on a drought and we're needing some extra liquid. Regardless of the root of your curiosity, you're going to walk away from this episode ready to experience the wetness of love. And I want to share a little tantric nugget with you. In the tantric space, squirting is actually referred to as something called emrita which when translated into English means the nectar of the gods. So according to Tantra, having the ability to produce Amrita is a manifestation of a woman's sexual energy. And sharing a seven-second Hindu literature story here, there's actually the story of the turning of the Milky Ocean, where these forces of good and bad, the divas and the asuras, turn the ocean until 14 different substances were released. And among those was this deadly poison and also this nectar of immortality called Amrita. And everybody wanted to drink the Amrita, right? They wanted to obtain this immortality. They wanted to drink the nectar of the gods. And Lord Vishnu appears as this beautiful young girl. She's dancing among all of these gods and demons, passing out the nectar. And she's subtly taking care that only the gods receive it and all of the demons receive the poison. So there's this beautiful tale of gods desiring this nectar, gods desiring Amrita. And maybe you get to be one of those gods that not only gets to desire it, but also gets to receive it. Let's get into how you can cover yourself and maybe your loved one in this nectar of the gods. And who knows? Maybe you'll even become immortal. I mean, there are so many studies out there that show if you're having sex, you are healthier, you're living longer. Maybe it's because of Amrita. Who knows? So first things first, let's actually get clear on what this squirting or gushing fluid actually is. Is it pee? Is it ejaculation? Is it magic fairy dust? And I'll just share this. Some people are really weirded out by the idea of squirting, mostly because they actually think that it's pee. And hey, some people love the idea of urinating on someone. For others, that's a hard pass. Either way, more power to you. But the question here is, what is the squirting liquids? And so at the end of the day, 
If it feels good, if you're enjoying experiencing it, and so does your partner, and if you're both in a healthy, happy state, does it matter if it's pee or not? That's for you to decide. But let's still sort this out. So I actually did a lot of research and was surprised that there have been very limited studies reported on looking at what this fluid is. But we must leave it to the French for sorting out these sort of sexual questions. Because there's a, a, a team of French researchers. Anyway, okay. They did studies. I'm not going to be able to help myself here. With women. Okay. Concluding that the fluid from the, from the squirting contains something that's called prostatic specific antigen. PSA is the acronym for it. And this study actually had women do ultrasounds at various points in arousal. So they had women with full bladders do an ultrasound. Then they went to the bathroom. They did the ultrasound again. And then they had these women with empty bladders begin to masturbate. And once they were just prior to reaching an orgasm, they did the ultrasound again. And then again, post-orgasm. And What they found was that even if these women cleared their bladders of urine, liquid refilled. And this liquid was not actually urine, so they just had completely flushed their bladder of urine. But the bladder refilled, and this other liquid came out or excreted. And yes, in some of the studies, they did find trace elements of urine, but overall, this liquid was not urine. And then they also found traces of the PSA in the liquid. So when it comes to PSA, you guys, this is actually something that you create as well. So PSA is produced by your prostate gland, and it's really commonly associated with male ejaculation. And in male ejaculation, this PSA is actually present to help the sperm swim. And in women, PSA is produced mainly by what's called the skein glands, and this is the gland that you will be actually focused on stimulating in an attempt to create the squirting event. So along with the PSA, There was, yes, those trace elements of urine. In the French study, they actually called it a urine-like substance. And urine is, on average, 95% water. So if a woman is really hydrated, she's basically spraying with a water hose of water. (laughs) So now that we have cleared up a little bit of that, understanding where this liquid is coming from, a little bit more about what it is and what is in it, let's talk about how to make her squirt. So first, I want to share a couple of positions that are really going to optimize squirting. First and foremost, you want to know where her skiing gland is and know that no matter the size of your cock, you can stimulate this place. You are big enough. You are definitely big enough. Okay, so since the skiing gland is really on on average only about one to two inches inside of a woman, chances are you are more than well equipped. And you know, You aren't trying to get into her uterus. You're not trying to jam your cock up her spine, right? Like we aren't excavating hieroglyphics in her womb in order to do this. How much fun is that? No stress here. So the first position is actually going to be doggy style. This move provides actually an ideal angle for you to reach the front vaginal wall where her skin glands are. So instead of going really deep, you actually want to try some more shallow strokes that target this area. So you can actually wrap your arms around and maybe rub her clit, maybe hold a vibrator against her clit, or have her stimulate herself to make squirting more likely. Then you can move into the position of spooning. So in this movement, your cock points directly towards the skiing glands again, while 
leaving the clitoris open for additional stimulation. And this is a position where she can have more control and either lean forward or push back into you really nailing that position. So this isn't something where it's just you in control. You want to give her some space too because she'll be able to navigate her body with yours to really get that point going. So we don't want to let her put all of the hard work onto you, all right? Now, the third position I want to share is reverse cowgirl. And this is really actually the ultimate position for doing both G-spot and clitoral stimulation. And plus, in this position, she's in control throughout, which really will get her fired up while at the same time really helping to remove some of the guesswork for you, right? No matter how much you know her body, she's still going to probably know it better. So those are a couple of positions that you can try when you're doing intravaginal penetration. So let's back it up for a moment. Let's back it up. Let's look at some steps to actually get into squirting. So first, during floor play, like any sexual experience, creating turn-on will really support her in squirting. The more blood flow she has towards her pussy and the more aroused she is, the easier it will be for her to squirt. And so pressure can really start to build up here and you're really trying I like to think of it like you are trying to turn a sprinkler system on, so you need to build up pressure, right? Like you can't get water to squirt out of something if there's no pressure coming from the back end. I am not a plumber, but I do, <laughs> I do understand that. So you want to look at this time as like really building the pressure in preparation for the release. And knowing also that a lot of the times it will take a woman up to 30, maybe even 40 minutes for her body to be fully aroused. So just thinking in that space in terms of time, I always like to share that as well. So if it's taking a while, just know that is totally natural. During this floor play, let's look at locating the squirt zone. We're going into the soak zone, okay, you guys? We're like at the front <laughs> of the log ride at Disneyland, all right? We're trying to get soaked, so we're, we're going to find that soak zone. So squirting is really a stimulation of the G-spot or the skiing glands. And the G-spot is, it's really more of a zone. I think that when you say spot, it's you're just touching a tiny dot. It's like, we're looking at a zone here, like an area code, not like your house. All right. So it's an area of a woman's sexual space. And okay. if you don't know where this is, the G-spot's actually really quite easy to find. So you want to put your fingers just inside of her vagina, like one inch from the entrance. And you want to push up towards the abdomen or her belly button, not back towards her butt. So pushing up towards the belly button. And a lot of people will say to do that come hither motion. So it's like you're pulling your fingers towards the belly button. So if you're listening, go ahead and do that right now. Make that motion. And usually you want to think about doing it with two fingers. So your pointer finger and your middle finger is a great two fingers to consider. And you'll discover that there's actually this space that feels more rigid, like it isn't quite as smooth to the touch or your finger. And this is the female prostate. Okay, this is, the G-spot is the female prostate. It's a massive amount of ducts and glands that sprinkle along this wall. And if you have a partner that you're really committed to, you could even be like, hey, if you're talking about exploring this or the next time you're intimate, like taking a moment and exploring where this could be with her and maybe even entering into a dialogue about it of asking her how that feels or like what sensations are coming up to her when you touch her in different places. And during this foreplay, once you've located her squirt zone, 
you don't want to stop. So for most people, squirting really only occurs when the spot is really engorged, is really filled with blood. So when you feel her G-spot start to swell and engorge, do not be alarmed, okay? Instead of being alarmed, be excited, be ecstatic, okay? And definitely don't slow down or stop, you know, unless she's obviously telling you to, but you want to keep the same finger motion of that come hither and pressure going consistently. And if she feels like she's about to pee, this is actually a sign that she might be about to squirt. So there's a sensation that comes through the body. And we'll get into a couple of things at the end of this for any women that are listening that are wanting to learn how to squirt to help you as well. So that's just one little point is if that sensation does arise in her, actually, that's kind of like when you're moving in the right direction. And you really want to actually focus on slowing down. When it comes to G-spot or prostate orgasm, long, slow breaths are really important. So relaxing instead of clenching. And this is like really actually tapping into the vagus nerve of bringing the vagus nerve more aligned and shifting your nervous system from fight or flight into rest and digest. So moving the body to be more in a state of calm in order to build a larger full body orgasm. So I will just share this personally. Some of the best squirting experiences that I have ever have happened to me have been when my G-spot is really slowly stroked and I'm really relaxed. You know, there's some guys might be able to get in there and just power through it. Like they're like trying to start a lawnmower like as hard as they can and they're going and they're going and they're going and they're going. That could work. It's, it, it is more of like just a physical, physiological reaction that causes the squirting to happen. But if you go slower, if you slow down and really build up the act, that is what generates not only the squirting, but also the full body orgasmic experience. Then looking at how you can incorporate some clit stimulation into this process. So we're not just solely looking at focusing on only the G-spot in order to generate the squirting experience. So as she begins to get closer to orgasm, you can begin to rub her clit. All of the positions that I just shared are a great for clit stimulation, and that's partly why they work really well when it comes to squirting is because there is additional access to the clit, and this works really well. So when you feel like she's coming close to orgasm, then you can increase the rate at which you are rubbing her clit. And again, this is like such a line of back and forth communication, right? And there have been so many, there have been so many times when I have spoken with women. I know this to be true for myself, where we have really been overstimulated, and it, that actually creates a desensitization. And so, if you are too firmly rubbing for too long, too fast, too hard, she's not going to eventually be able to feel anything. It's like numbing out. And so the last thing that anyone wants is for their body to go numb when you want it the most. So know that it's generally easier to have a G-spot orgasm and squirt actually after you've had a clitoral orgasm. This is like really interesting because for many women, there's a lot of its orgasm becomes more of a wave where you can have one and then you can have another and another. And so entering into that orgasmic state through a clitoral orgasm can, in many instances, invite in the opportunity for different types of orgasms like squirting. Another thing to consider is to actually pull out at the right time. And this might be one of the most important notes. She will have an impulse to actually push out. 
Because what's going to happen is there's going to be this buildup. And if you think about if we can use that sprinkler system analogy, like there's all of this pressure and it's, there's like this stopgate. There's almost like a plunger or something holding all of that in. And in this instance, what's holding all of it in is actually your cock. There's going to be an impulse for her to push out. And that pushing out or that bearing down is going to not only release liquid, but it's also going to want to release your cock as a result because it's right in there with you. So allow this to happen. It's really amazing how powerful a woman's pelvis can be. And so actually allow that pulling out sensation to occur. And this is where the timing is really crucial. And you will get better at it and experience. And once if you're doing this with a repeated partner, you're going to start to understand each other and know and she'll be able to navigate as it is. And this is why I think that when it comes to squirting, her being in a position where she can be in a little bit more of control, like being on top or in the spooning position, that's actually really helpful because she's going to know mo- like really clearly when she's about to squirt and then she can take action. And the thing is, is that in time, you can really start to pick up on the cues of her body as well. So she's going to know and you're going to start to be able to read her about when, what she's engaging in, what you're feeling, what she feels like, what it feels like to be inside of her right before she does this. And if it sounds like a bummer to not be inside of her during this experience, you can actually just leave your cock just outside of her or maybe even lightly rub her clit or outer lips. And this is going to feel amazing for her because you're stimulating all of these nerves surrounding the entrance to her pussy. And, you know, she'll invite you to continue to partake in the action after. So those are some thoughts about foreplay about the buildup about the position about how to get into it about some things to really just consider when you're in this state of moving towards a squirting experience now for the lovely ladies that might be listening or maybe you want to share this with your girl about exploring if this is something possible a few things that i want to share one As I shared a few minutes ago, if you have that urge to pee, if there is a sensation like, oh my gosh, am I about to pee? This is actually associated with the body preparing to squirt. So when you start to feel that, instead of stopping, actually lean into it. And it can feel actually really quite pleasurable. Instead of allowing that fear to build, like breathing, exhaling, and leaning into the sensation and into the pleasure of that sensation. And now when this sensation does occur, instead of flexing and holding in, like you're like, oh my God, I have to pee, I'm gonna hold it in. Actually let go, take that breath out. And you can even consider, you know, doing that bearing down motion, doing that pushing out motion. And then again, just really breathe into the sensation and relax your muscles. Now, this is really important. But you can actually orgasm without ejaculation and you can ejaculate without orgasming, which might sound confusing because most think that this isn't the case but and that the two go hand in hand. But regardless, both tend to feel epic, right? An orgasm is, well, it's an orgasm. <laughs> and squirting, even without orgasm, it feels like this massive release. It feels like a giant sexual sigh. And that is amazing. And another thing to know is that squirting 
it looks different. For some girls, it looks like a leaky faucet. For others, it's more like a river. And for some, it's more of that like sprinkler splash zone. And so for any girl, it can vary time to time too, which I think is also really important to know. Sometimes it can be a trickle. Sometimes it might be a lot, just depending. And I think most women that can squirt, you know, we've had all of these types occur to us. So I wanted to share those two things as well, especially for both men and the women listening, because if you're a woman and you find yourself squirting, but you didn't orgasm, there's like some confusion going on in your mind or maybe vice versa. That's totally normal. Okay. That's totally natural and normal. And knowing that there's a whole variety of what squirting can look like and just embracing whatever comes your way. You know, sex is such a playground for adults. And I think that how fun is it that maybe one day it looks one way and one day it looks another? What an adventure, right? And there's one final thing that I want to address when it comes to squirting that is actually super, super important. And it's going to sound weird, but it really matters. You need to prepare for the cleanup. Okay, liquid everywhere. Look, sex is messy. It's dirty, and that is what's part of what's so great about it. And this might sound unsexy, but preparing for sex can actually be a really great thing. It can actually lead to better sex than you could have imagined, especially when you're moving into a state of exploring squirting together, because she might hold back from squirting if there's this thought, if there's this thought floating through her head, I don't want to have to change the sheets after this, or it's late. And I have to get up and do laundry. Or maybe it's, I don't, I just don't feel like making a mess right now. We don't have time. We're gonna have to leave right up. There's just all these kind of thoughts that start to percolate that are associated with the mess that comes from squirting. And a stressed mind leads to an inorgasmic body. So I'll say that again. A stressed mind leads to an inorgasmic body. So let's relieve some of that stress. Let's like get that stress out. Let's get those thoughts out. And this is simple, laying down a blanket. And there are actually squirting blankets that are made specifically for this matter. And some of them are so sexy. They're so cozy. Like you can lay it out and it's almost kind of like invites in this ritualistic experience to your sex where, you know, oh, you put like this beautiful purple blanket down and it's lush and it's gorgeous and it feels good to have your back on. And they're actually designed to be used for squirting, like they're waterproof, they're water resistant, all these different things, placing one of those down. And also, you know, if you were in a pinch, you could throw down one of those dog urine mats. I don't think anyone's going to want to do that, but hey, options are options. And so also consider, you know, communicating to your partner that actually her, you know, quote unquote, making a mess is not a bad thing. If it's true, there's nothing more supportive than a guy saying, babe, I love when you make a mess on my bed. Or, God, I want to get really dirty. And, and actually encouraging the freedom to let go and to be wild and yes, to be dirty and to be messy. And know that, and know also that preparing for a cleanup means more than just the physical space. When you are aiming for squirting or for a G-spot orgasm or full body orgasm, it's really often associated with an emotional experience. Because for one physiological reason, you're actually stimulating the vagus nerve 
that sparks an emotional release. So know that this sort of orgasm is really an emotional orgasm. You know, she might even cry or yell. It it really comes from a different part of the body and, yes, the soul. So if she's extra emotional after sex, if you just feel like there's more in the room, more than just the liquid in the room, understand that it's likely associated with this. So if you both only have time for, say, a quickly or you know that you're not really going to have any space for downtime after like maybe you're going out for the night or you have plans or you have people coming over, whatever it is, you might want to consider saving this act for another time just in order to honor what possibly could come up after you experience this together. So squirting is intense. It's fun. It's silly. It's so enjoyable. So I want you to enjoy it. All right, you guys. That's all for this week. I will see you next week, my fantastic squirt squad. Until then, let's get after it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Naked Connection. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Trust me on this, your sex life and that special someone in your life will thank you for it. And if you really love the show, please take a moment and leave a five-star review or a written review and let me know what you think. It would mean so much to me and this show. Until next time, happy connecting.